Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Chris here. I hope you're keeping safe and staying well, or keeping well and staying safe, whichever way around you prefer it. It's up to you. And I'm not back once again with another podcast where we get to know a familiar face of the world of Scottish football, though he is a familiar face from the world of Scottish football. I'm, of course, joined by Campbell Finlayson as we're getting ready to preview the return of SWPL1. Campbell, how are you doing? I'm good, Chris. I think I can honestly say that we're jinxing it for a change, so I'm... I'm good. I'm in a good place. Life is good. Everything's good. Good. <laughs> good. Yes, good. Excellent. Uh, we've also, both of us, been interviewing lots of faces from uh, the SWPL1 this week. It's been, I've had a lot of fun, Campbell. Have you had a lot of fun doing it as well? I have, yeah. It's been good just to, to get back to something again, having had such a stop start year. But uh, no, good chats with with four different players, well, five different players, sorry, for four different teams. So there's plenty, plenty to go for them. It's been, it's been a good week. Yeah, we did. We ended up doing five each. So 10, 10 players across eight teams. Don't know how we managed that, just because we're so keen. Um, but uh, yeah, so go and listen to listen back to them. They'll all be on the podcast archive or written up on the website as well. But yeah, a lot of fun. And it's great to just kind of get the players' voices to tell the story of the season coming back as opposed to us two jobbers. But... As the job are still, I'm going to do a podcast for you to preview it. So um, we will talk about the games, but Campbell, um, kind of breaking news, well, when this goes out, just thinking about how I word that. <laughs> um, so breaking news when this goes out, um, we already knew that BBC Album were going to be broadcasting one game a week for the next seven weeks, starting with the Celtic against Glasgow City this Sunday. And there'd also been an announcement that Hearts will be playing Rangers at one o'clock at a rhyme on BBC Sport Online. But the, the cherry on the... The cake, I think it's a, it's a pretty good cake. There's lots of there's going to be at least half of the games live in full for people to watch in the next kind of coming seven weeks at least. Hopefully that extends into the 14. Um, is that there's going to be a highlights package on Sunday nights on the BBC Scotland channel, a half hour highlight package, um, and there's going to be camera ops at all four games as well. So we're going to get some proper coverage of every game in SWPL1 that game weekend. And it's a big win for me, Campbell. What's, what's your thoughts on it? It certainly makes life a lot easier for um for recording podcasts, but it's good to see that I mean it's obviously been we know fans allowed then over the last year it's been it's been tough for everyone. So to get four games, at least two of them to, to be able to view fully, that's it's definitely a step in the right direction. And then as you say, highlights as well, it means people are not missing out on anything. So it's a good development, I, I think. Yeah, I mean I think I think the big thing is the highlights because we know about the gripes with BBC Alba coverage and that terms of, it's great that it's on the telly, but it's in Gaelic and people don't really speak Gaelic. As much as we try, I do it in Duolingo. I think we've, me and you have definitely talked about this before because that's kind of what I do. Um, but it's, it's obviously, uh, it's one of the concessions you make to get the games on. And BBC Alba do a fantastic job in promoting the game. We've obviously got the 360 show during the week and they always do wee features at halftime, which is brilliant. And then with the, the online stuff, some people are still a bit funny about watching stuff online. They like it just to be on the telly. And obviously we live in a world of like casting and streaming and watching it on a second screen and all that kind of stuff. But to have this 30-minute highlights package, kind of in theory, in theory with highlights, it kind of separates the wheat from the chaff. So it should be the, the very best of stuff. Um, it's going to be on after, I think, if I've got my, my timings right, it's going to be on after the, the Scottish the sports scene highlights on a Sunday night. So it's going to have a bit of a lead into that as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully the people involved in it, I think Jane Lewis is going to be a presenter who has been 
very vocal uh, in recent times about her kind of support for, for women's football. Uh, and hopefully people involved in it are going to know about the game as well, because I think that's one of the big things that probably me and you as two guys who just do this for the for being fans and the love of it, will pick up on is if the people kind of taking part in it are kind of phoning it in. But broadly, good news. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... You're, you're seeing more and more faces now, obviously associated with the women's game. That's as you say, it's not just listening to us too. So it's good in that aspect. And then obviously, I mean, Leanne Crichton, you're seeing a lot more in some of the men's games that she'll be playing in these ones. She's not there, but like Jane Lewis, Myona Ballantyne as well. Obviously, people that know what they're doing and are good at what they do as well. So that's handy that we've got there, got them there. And then when they're obviously hosting the highlights, it's it's people that have a rough idea or a better than rough idea of what's going on and not folk that are just sort of being chucked in to do it. So it's people that know what they're talking about and they've got all the highlights there. So it's it's good news. Yeah, one of the things I thought about when I, I saw the news was that it, <laughs> it was kind of, it wasn't leaked as such, but if you know how to operate the, the BBC Scotland schedule online, then you could already see it there. And the news has come out officially a few days after that. And, and I think... There'll be people who say that's been a deliberate act to kind of build low-key hype, you know, soft openings and all that kind of jazz. But, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of making sure that, that, first of all, the coverage is put out there and properly promoted and properly highlighted. But secondly, it's making sure that the clubs are aware of the opportunity in terms of, and I'm sure they absolutely are, but we know we've been to games before and you don't know the players that have signed. You don't know who's actually in the starting 11 until 20 minutes in. This is stuff that needs to be right because if it's not right people will come after it and to be honest with you if people come after it and that's not right I kind of feel like they probably have a point mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's nothing more frustrating obviously when you don't know you know what's going on whether teams are not posting it online you've not picked up a copy of team shoots or anything so it's it's frustrating but like you say I think with West WPL1 it's the moves to make it professional and as they call it that in the two Champions League spaces of course and moving forward their teams are they're better at it and you're seeing not only physical copies of team sheets but then also online so they're certainly better at promoting it and we've seen with signings there's been announcements and then they've had videos with interviews and what have you so they're, they're definitely there and, um, promoting um, what's going on at each club so if they can keep that up then I suppose we can't really complain and then just seeing the highlights sure you're getting a wider audience too so overall it's positive and I just hope they keep it up and the game continues to grow the way that we hope it does. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing. It is positive message, but positive making sure we it's kind of built on momentum. And I mean, the reason for that as well, Campbell, is we're going to talk about the games now. And with the games, um, in particular, at the top of the table, you've mentioned the two Champions League spaces. Um, Rangers, Celtic, Glasgow, City are probably the three teams that are going to be involved in the title race. And... It wouldn't surprise you if the title race goes on until the end of the season, like potentially even the last day of the season, uh, given how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's tight now. We've obviously played, what, seven games, is it? And it's City and Rangers have obviously just lost the one. Celtic have just lost the one, obviously, the draw with Forfar as well, keeping them keeping them close. I mean, there's, what, two points between the top three. It's, it's certainly very tight, but games, I mean, we'll get them, but the likes of when they're playing each other and obviously Celtic City, on Sunday to start that off, the games are going to be really important if they can if they can beat the teams below them that we all due respect they should be beaten given their professional statuses, then it's going to come down to the games against each other. And we've seen already this season that they're for most of them have been tight affairs apart from the last one, obviously at Broadwood. But if these teams can 
I think it all comes down, sorry, who can come out on top in these clashes. They will be tight. And if they're beating each other, then it's, it will go right down to the last, the last sort of minute. But it's it's going to be a tight, tight season, I think. No, I think so too. And I think that's part of the, the attraction that should be drawn upon for people that maybe are willing to give it give it a shot or people that are kind of waving on people that have dipped the toe and looking to invest a little bit further. But yeah, let's get on to the games. Um, and let's start with Glasgow City against Celtic or Celtic against Glasgow City. Let's get it the right way around because it's down at the luxurious K Park. Um, obviously, you've mentioned the, the the kind of standards in the league. City are second after that defeat to Rangers, but two points clear of Celtic. Um, busy summer. Uh, summers, there we go. Well, absolutely lost track of where we are now. Busy December December times for both clubs, obviously. Um, Glasgow City lost those three players to Rangers and at this kind of start of December. It had already been agreed, but they've, they officially went. But they have brought in five players, they had the likes of Julie, uh, Julie Mullane, uh, Priscilla Chinchilla, uh, Agri's Agri's daughter. I, I mean, it's a very different City squad. Um, but speaking, I was kind of obviously, I was at the City press conference and uh, speaking to, to Scott Booth and Janine Van Wyck, who we'll hear from in a wee second, um, uh, during, during that. And he seems really really positive about the fact that he has this kind of new squad together and they all seem to have gotten very well. It's an exciting time to be a, an SWPL fan with all these new faces arriving. Yeah, I mean, with City, obviously, the the last time we saw them there just before um, before the season finished was obviously that heavy defeat to Rangers where the three players that had left City were, were influential in that game. And we'd, we'd say that before it, and we knew, you know, knew it was coming, but there was, there was the chance that they could come back to haunt City. And it, even from that day, the City team... It starts on Sunday will would certainly be a lot different. The players you've mentioned there, obviously. Um, likes of Olufuta Dilu, sorry, she's there as well. There's there's new faces in Keelan Mishi as well, now obviously can begin to start playing games. So there's it's interesting to see how City are gonna are gonna line up there. I think it'll be players that we've maybe not seen before, some that we have, but with different teams. But I think Celtic will be pretty similar. I mean, they've they've lost three players themselves, they brought in four, and then as we're saying, Sarah Teagarden I spoke to um, yesterday, she's also Go back from engine there, so they've got more options as well. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, and I think it'll be for both teams a bit of the unknown about it. Um, Sarah obviously mentioned Celtic have played their friendlies, whereas City have kind of kept it in house, and that might help them. The fact that Celtic won't have been able to, to scout them and really see what they're like, um, and what the new players, what problems the new players are going to cause them. So it's, it's exciting, and I think the main thing that's could impact sorry on Celtic, City and Celtic. Is the fact that these players are going to have that time to jail. They've not really had a full tra- full time of training, sorry, with the, the COVID restrictions, whereas Rangers have pretty much kept the same squad through. And that could give them the advantage, especially with City and Celtic playing each other so early. So it's it's exciting, but it's one that they they have to sort of settle in quickly and hopefully they do and we can see some exciting football. Yeah, I mean I think for City, I think the the big thing that we we kind of thought, especially with um, Kirsty Howitt moving to Rangers, was that goals they, they, they weren't as free flowing. And obviously, they defeated Fourth for Farmington eight one, but that that felt a bit of an anomaly. But they've also brought in position Chia or Defoe I mean, it's it's something they've addressed. I think they've addressed the full squad because I think defensively as well, we felt that a lot of the time they were having to maybe put people in there that they wouldn't want to. So I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they they come together for Celtic. Is this is it must win? Is it too early to say must win, uh, given that there's still potentially 14 games left to play uh, in terms of, obviously, they're two points behind just now. If they lose, that means that City will have a five-point gap on them. Rangers are playing Hearts, which we'll talk about in a wee second as well. Is, is it 
really important that Celtic don't lose, maybe more importantly. Um, I mean, we've, we know the, the gap in the league. You've got like the Hibs and Spartans that are the solid sort of teams in the middle. Forfar have been up there as well, but some other hearts dropping a lot of points, and then the three at the top that are, they are clearly that bit ahead. So, I mean, the question then comes to if these teams, Rangers and Celtic, are beaten all the other sides, then their games against each other are going to be the most important, and dropping points in them isn't really an option for Celtic at the minute. Yes, you could say they've still got, you know, I don't know if it's going to be seven or 14 games yet. We don't know how long the season's going to be, but dropping five points behind, it's a big gap in SWPL1. It's not pivotal, but it's certainly a game that Celtic will look at and think we can't really afford to lose. It's maybe not admit it openly, but I think it will certainly be playing, playing on their minds. Yeah, so it is a big game for both sides. Um, I was at the press conference this week and I spoke to Fran Alonso at Celtic and also uh, Janine Van Wyk, who's hoping to make her debut after signing, well, her league debut, I should say, after signing back in January 2019. And this is what they both had to say. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to get back on the field, um, especially after not playing for so long. I think my last game was a Champions League game against Wolfsburg. So it's been a while since my injury and I'm just buzzing to be on the field. Um, and I'm probably the only, not the only, but the most excited for the game coming up on Sunday. Um, it's been a little frustrating for all of us as players as well. Um, but personally for me, uh, I, I think it's worked in my favour because I, I came back in and I was just on the verge of, you know, getting a little bit stronger and fitter. Um, and I'm actually glad, I'm being selfish now, that that it's played out this way because I get to play a few games for Glasgow um, a lot more now. Uh, so for me personally, I'm, you know, it's, it's worked out really well for me to give me some time to get a lot fitter and stronger and be back in the team and win my spot back, hopefully. Um, but for all the players, it's been very, very frustrating not knowing when we will return. And I think for any athlete, you're training on a daily basis and you don't know when you're going to return. You don't know. You don't have answers. No one has answers for you. And you tend to, you know, bring your intensity of training. Your mindset is not there anymore. So it's, it was really challenging mentally as, as well for all of us to keep at the same, you know, the intensity and tempo at training, um, knowing that eventually we will return and eventually we will be, you know, reaching a, a point where we will, you know, play and and be absolutely ready for it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're here now. So we have to look forward to a very challenging and entertaining season, I think, as well, part of the season. Successful Sunday would be to dominate, uh, to play better, to play good football. Uh, and to get the three points. That's a successful Sunday. If we win, but we don't play well, uh, it could be successful, but I won't be happy. Uh, you know, I am only happy when we play well and, and we win. Um, but of course, knowing the, the, the opponent and how tough they are, uh, you know, we have to think about, we have to get something from the game. So, but yeah, I think, you know, when you are at Celtic, and that's why I came here, you know, anything but winning is good enough. Uh, knowing that they are the favourites, but, you know, we are quite happy to be the underdogs and try to fight to get what we want. So I will be happy playing better than them, uh, dominating possession, creating more chances and getting the three points. Then I will be delighted. 
So yeah, so Glasgow City against Celtic, or should I say once again, Celtic against Glasgow City. K Park, 10 past four kickoff, it's live on BBC Alba. Uh, but before that, you have Rangers are travelling through to Edinburgh to take on Hearts at Orion. Uh, one o'clock kickoff, this is the BBC Sport Online game. And it's a real opportunity for Rangers to kind of get themselves three points ahead before a ball's kicked uh, down in East Kilbride. Yeah, I mean, it's a big win for Rangers, obviously, back at the start of the season. And like you said, Hearts have... Not had not had a great first uh, first half of the season. Um, they ended it well though. There was the improvements, like you say, they were unlucky to lose to Spartans and then obviously beating the Hibs. So I mean, there's been improvements there, and I've been interested to see how they get on. Again, I don't don't know if there's been too many changes. There's not been much really said from Hearts, but they had a young squad, and it's just a case of kind of working with each other and getting to know each other's game that bit better. I think because it's it's never easy, especially when you're playing against the likes of the experience that Rangers have. Obviously, you, you have to make Rangers favourites for it, but. Hearts will want to give a good account of themselves and prove that they're they're not as bad as maybe the table suggests. I mean, it's like we say, if you've watched them against the likes of Hibs recently, then yeah, recently in terms of the season being played, um, you wouldn't think they were the side bottom of the league. So there's 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 signs of improvement there, but it's probably not the game you'd want as your first game back. No, I think I think that's fair to say, and I was something that. Claire Deworth and, and Mario Carey both pointed out is the fact that they have developed. And I think the thing that came came clear to speaking both of them this week has been the fact that it feels like Andy Kirk and Aaron Hughes, who are the kind of the, the two coaches, and Paul Gregg as well, who's there, have had time to put their ideas across and they felt like that was coming together. But they're both aware that this game will be really, really tough. I mean, Rangers obviously come into this game top of the table. They, they kind of had some reinforcements uh, came to come in from Glasgow City. They've also brought in Chantel Swaby in defence, which we both think was maybe an area that they could have done with another body. But I think maybe the big news for Rangers in terms of the season going forward is the fact that Megan Bell is going to be out again injured. She obviously had to have some surgery. She'd just come back into the team before uh, before Christmas. It was really kind of tearing things up in those kind of two games. Um, that's a big loss for Rangers because she... She's a difference maker and she kind of helps them kind of go again in the second period when they can bring on the likes of Brogan Hay and Dana Burma. Yeah, I mean, obviously before um, Christy Howitt came in, Rangers only really had the likes of uh, Zoe Nest, Lizzie Arnott obviously going forward. And Zoe in particular is the player that's going to hold a ball up for you, but isn't the quickest, isn't it going to run and pass foot, whereas Megan just says, quite a nippy player and will get by foot and knows where the net is as well. So it's... I picked her as one of my top scorers this season, so I'll take the blame for the injury. But um, it, it's not it's not nice for, for her. Not nice for her, sorry. I keep hiccuping, man. It's, it's not nice for her or for um, this Rangers team. And they've, they've got the quality there now. And obviously, Kirsty Howitt's been a proven goal scorer in SWPL1 for a number of years. So I don't think they'll have, they'll have um, too many problems going forward with Rangers, but it is, it is still a bit of a blow for them. I spoke to um, Malky Thompson and Kirsty Howitt at the Rangers press conference um, today, which is not when you're going to hear this, but it was today when we were recording it. Um, and this is what uh, Malky and Kirsty both had to say about the season coming back and the kind of aims going forward. Well, I think that now that we've, you know, we've had the first round of games and everybody's watched everybody, and and, and that's the bit that every game that we play now, there'll be a different challenge. So we'll need to come up with different solutions to those challenges. And I think they'll none more so than the Hearts. I think they've added to their squad. They'll know a bit more about our style of play and what we do. So again, it'll be a different challenge, but it'll be one that we'll be be, be ready for, that we'll prepare for, and we have done. Um, I think we've came back um, physically. The girls have came back 
uh, in great shape, you know, and credit. And that's testament to, to the staff, again, behind the scenes where the individual programmes have been put in place and the girls have not just, uh, um, you know, they've not just went and done the, the individual programmes, they're engaged to those programmes and taking those programmes bespoke to them further that they've came back in, in, in the physical state that they've came, which is which has been taught. Can I anything, everything that I've kind of wanted since obviously growing up, um, but to be able to do it, and especially here at Rangers is amazing. Um, I was obviously at City, but I was working full time, so I was going from work all day straight to training, and uh, you know, it takes it, it takes its toll on the body. Um, you end up missing trainings or snacking here and there, not eating properly, so to be able to, you know, fully focus on just my football, um, yeah, it's, it's great, and being able to go home and fully recover, um, wake up the next day and do it all again, it's, yeah, it, it's a dream. It's really good. It's amazing. That's great to hear. Um, you're obviously in the business of scoring goals, uh, leading the leading the charts at the moment. Have you set yourself any targets for the for the rest of the season? Uh, I, I tend to just try and go one better than the year before, to be honest. Um, so I'll yeah, I'll just I'll just try and keep scoring goals. And you know, if it helps the team win, then that's the main thing. Um, I think as a squad, we just want to be to be winning games and keep getting the three points on the board. So if I can help do that by scoring goals, then uh, obviously that would be great. But um, I think the main thing is for us to just to keep winning games. Yeah, it means so much. It really does. Um, obviously, growing up, I've, yeah, as you say, the Rangers fan, I'm at Ibrox every single week or every home game. Um, and yeah, to be able to say that I'm a professional player at the club that I love is a dream come true. Um, but yeah, obviously, growing up, you always say that you want to be a, a professional footballer and you kind of get a little bit maturer and realise that it might not be possible, but yeah, to actually now be here and and be a professional player and being walking past, you know, James Tavernier, Jermaine Defoe every day and having to pinch yourself because you don't want to look like a crazy fan. Uh, it's a bit strange, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really good. I love it every second of it. Campbell, let's talk about Hearts as well because obviously Hearts are playing in this game uh, too. What's what do you think is an expectation for Hearts in terms of the the rest of the season? What what do you think their their goal should be? Is it just a case of pushing up the table? I mean, it will be. It'll be being competitive. Obviously, it's in themselves and motherwell. I've only picked up that one win, and um, they're not going to be challenging. Obviously, at the top end of the table, they know that they're the two most recent promoted sides as well. But we know we're no relegation for them this season. They've they can sort of play about that fear and they'll be able to build up on the working with each other. And hopefully, we'll see them then coming in next season as a stronger side that have got that experience at this level. So for Hearts, they've as we say, they've a tough start to the season. But if they can continue the signs of improvement that they've shown in the second half of the season, then I'm sure they'll be OK. Yeah, it's worth remembering as well at the moment that there is no relegation from SWPL1 this season. So um, it is very much a case of pushing up the table for all these sides. Um, I spoke to Mario Caney um, earlier on this week, and this is what she had to say about the game this coming Sunday against Rangers. We've got quite a tough start, but these games, are, they come thick and fast in this league. There's no doubt about that. We've got Rangers and Celtic to kick, to kick off, and it's not it's not a start anybody would have chosen, but, um, you know, those teams are great teams, and they've got incredibly talented players, and they have just gone from strength to strength to see some of the signings that they've made in, in uh, lockdown, and it's amazing really to see the, the sort of talent that, that they're able to attract. So, yeah, we're looking forward to testing ourselves against them. Um, in the first game against Rangers, we did really, really well. Um, I wasn't playing that game. I had a little injury, so um, I was able to watch, and I was just so proud of 
the performance that the girls put in because particularly the first half it was it was an excellent performance um, and then really it was just kind of fitness maybe told uh, towards the end of the game which which is always going to happen when you've got a, a mixed professional and amateur league because that expectation is is uh, you know you can only expect so much from your players and they give absolutely everything they had um, and and what a performance to put in and it was a very uh, sort of respectful result against me there so hopefully we can do the same again and, and improve on it further um, now that we've sort of got a better understanding of, of how we're going to play and um, a better fitness level and, and just uh, a better understanding of each other really. So yeah, that game uh, is on at one o'clock on BBC Sport Online from Orion. So make sure you get yourself tuned into that. Um, let's move to. I tell you what, let's stay in Edinburgh. Let's talk about Hibs against Spartans. Um, two sides, uh, both on nine points after the first section of the season. Um, Hibs brought in Katie Rice and Emma Heikiller uh, from the from the US, uh, and Spartans have been. Fairly quiet, but I mean, Spartans have got a quite settled squad. I think maybe actually the biggest loss for Hibs, going back to Hibs for a wee second, is Charlotte Potts has obviously moved on uh, after kind of coming at the start of the season. It looked like she was adding some experience to that team. Um, Hibs be Spartans. What what can Hibs, Hibs or Spartans challenge for that that Champions League place? Or is that kind of the, the blind optimism of fandom that's going to allow you to think that could be the case? I mean, I think, though, Maybe say that themselves, but I think inside both sides will know that their aim is going to be is going to be top four. The, the top three are they're pretty much set in stone. I think realistically, so it's it's tight between Hibs and Spartans, and obviously it was a, a tight game back at the start of the season. But I think finished top half. I think that'll certainly be their aim. They're, Hibs are a squad that we've said they're always changing every year. It's, it's tough to keep some of your better players. Um, whereas Spartans are, I'd say, a really solid outfit. We say this every podcast we, we record, but it's true and. The two very evenly matched sides. We've seen that in their league game and friendlies they've played um, recently as well. So that'll be a really tight game, and it's, it'll be one they'll both look to win. But it's then a case of do they have much more? It's, it's, I mean, obviously motivation's not going to be a problem given you've you've not played in so long. But I think it's going to be just simply a fight for who can get to the top half, and um, it will be a tight one between the two of them, and it's. It's really all they're going to be playing for, I think, towards the end of the season. You don't want to. That's always the problem. I think sometimes with SWP are one. I mean, in previous years, Hibs have been challenging with City in this year. If you've got two sides doing it, Hibs have maybe slipped away and we're saying no relegation. Then it's right and playing for league play season. I think it'll be the same with Hibs and Spartans, but it'll be tight to see which one of them finishes in the top half. But, I mean, it's not just Hibs and Spartans in that section, though, because uh, for Farmington, a couple of points behind, had a, had a for for Farmington's, Standards a really good start to the, the season. A couple of things have changed there. We know that they've lost some players, um, just with, um, with kind of the way the world has operated this this mad last 15 months or so. Uh, they've lost some players over the course of the kind of new year period. And also Ryan McConnell has stepped away and Kevin McGregor has made a step up. What's what's the expectations? For, for, it feels like for Farmington are almost like a an unknown package again, like they were at the start of the season and It'll be interesting to see kind of how they, they kind of show up against Motherwell. We will talk about it in a second in, the, in their game. I think for for themselves, I mean, obviously did the podcast with Cassie Cooper and Donna Patterson earlier on in the week, and they, they both seem pretty upbeat. Um, Kev's obviously replaced Ryan, as you say. But for he's worked with the players, he knows the players, they know how he works as well. So that's going to that's gonna be helpful for them all. And I think just they're still close to Hibs and Spartans, who as we say, maybe slightly ahead with some of the players for have lost, but they'll have their own aspirations to chase them and 
I think four for themselves. I think top four is certainly within their reach. So it's going to be interesting. Um, Motherwell's a probably a good game for them. I think Motherwell have, other than the win against Hearts, they've kind of they've not got going themselves yet. I think they know that themselves as well, though. And um, for for them to replicate the win they had at the start of the season against them, and it will certainly be a tough trip for them, obviously down to um, to Airdrie, but. It's one no relish, and it's another game that could be quite exciting because it's two sides that will think they'll have a point to prove. Yeah, I mean their, their game up at uh, Station Park earlier this season, four two, was uh, was an exciting win. And I think you're right. I obviously listen to all the podcasts that you do, and I'm sure it's vice versa. Um, and it was interesting to hear both Don and Cassie talk about the fact that they feel like they've got that continuity, even though Ryan stepped away because Kevin's come in, and it's still a really good group in there. They're all really looking forward to being back. Uh, Motherwell, there's not so much continuity because Stuart Hall and Willie Kinnebra are now taking interim charge. That's after Eddie Willicky Black left. Um, it was a, as, as you say, it's a for Motherwell. It's kind of it's an interesting to see how it comes back. So obviously, five days before the season start, that kind of level upheaval. But Stuart Stuart's obviously got experience in the SWPL. He's a head coach at Kilmarnock in SWPL two a couple of seasons ago, and I know Willie Kinnebra has been involved for a long time. So. They, they have people that know what they're doing in the game in terms of women's football, even if it's just for an interim basis till somebody else comes in or if they do well and it continues. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that Motherwell, obviously Stuart Saw was quite hands-on with his approach and his statements sort of the media thing, speak to myself after games and then he's always there and vocal on the sidelines as well. So I think it'll affect Motherwell um, too much. Again, like Hearts, they're a young side that is, is maybe not quite got going yet, but if they can, if they can put a couple of wins together and try and sort of what better as a unit and as a squad then similar to Hearts again they'll be looking to next season as a season to build and sort of begin to stabilise themselves in the league maybe a bit like Spartans maybe a team they'll look to replicate but I'd say with no relegation there's not too many worries for them and they'll be hoping to play with some freedom and it's a home game against a team in Forfa that as much as they've had a good start of the season Motherwell will still they'll still think Forfa are beatable and it's one that could really go either way so I'm interested to see how Motherwell um, got on in the second half of the season and I don't think that, again, as hard, like Hearts, I don't think they're as bad um, as the table suggests. No, no, I think that's something that has maybe been overplayed in terms of just the, the elements, or everything that went together to make up that first part of the season, the delay, the break, the, the circumstances that football is getting played in. Everybody's kind of had a chance to get used to it. Obviously, things are a little bit, set, bit more settled just now in the SWPL one as well because of all the testing. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that all the sides will feel like they're, they're in a better place. I know that I think it was Fred Alonso who said that ideally he would want longer as a kind of pre-season, but we also need to get games done if we're ever going to move on and kind of get get this season wrapped up and then hopefully start the new one afresh with everybody able to turn up and, and have good times. Uh, but yeah, so I I think, and this is unconfirmed reports, I'm going to say this right now, I think both Spartans, Hibs and Forfa Farms and Motherwell should be available live. Um, Forfa Farms and Motherwell is a bit of kind of from experience because at Airdrie they have the, the pixie lot arm um, at the Pennycar Stadium and they have put games out live before and Spartans, Hibs potentially that's all I've heard, I'll say potentially at the moment. And if it goes, then you've got a wee surprise and that's good times as well. Uh, but also those games are on Sunday as well. Um, we should probably talk about the other, we should probably talk about SWPL2 just a little bit, Campbell, because obviously at the moment we are focused on SWPL1. That is the league that's back. That's that's the one to get kind of hyped about. That's the one that everybody can kind of get, get their eyes on. But 
for SWPL2 and of course the, the SWF Championships who haven't been able to come back at all during this period, the kind of wait goes on. And one of the things that's been kind of interesting that's kind of happened over the last week or so is Kirsty McIntosh, who's at Ham- who was at Hamilton Ackies, he's left uh, Hamilton um, in the kind of last week or so. And I, th- I think we both suspect she's going to appear at an SWPL1 club. We don't know who yet. And as I said, this could be one of these ones that on Sunday we find out. Um, but it, it does it does cause a slight problem for SWPL2 in terms of player retention because if the SWPL2 isn't playing, these players want to play football. That's that's kind of what they want to do. And SWPL1 clubs, there are players in that, that level below that will do a job in SWPL1 for sure. Yeah, definitely will. I mean, I don't think there's too much difference between the top half of the second division and the bottom half of SWPL1. And like you say, these players will want to play. There's obviously, it's not looking likely that their season will be back or there's no guarantee that it will be back. So, I mean, you would think, you would hope maybe it's it's, it's not great on them like Kirsty McIntosh uses the example, obviously, as an important player in that Hamilton squad. So you'd maybe have liked there to be some sort of a loan system, if you will, where they could maybe go and play in SWPL1 until the end of that season and then be able to come back to, to their parent club. But unfortunately, it's not the way it's been and Hopefully we'll see some of these players appearing in SWPL1 soon. So we've got a rough idea where they'll be, but it's, it's obviously not guaranteed either. So we'll just hopefully you can see them and we can see these players continue to play football. And we've seen them obviously in national sides as well, um, where they've been important players at youth level. So it's, it's definitely good that we can keep some of the impressive or the more impressive players um, in the country playing their football. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's, that's a good point. I mean, I think we spoke to four or five of the under-19s team that were at that Euros over the last week between the two of us. Um, and the, the SW2, SWPL2 is a, a hotbed of get, that kind of next generation of talent. So I think it's important they are playing football. In terms of SWPL2 coming back, the, the guidance at the moment is that if it's, if it's not possible for them to come back and train and play by the 26th of April, then it's not going to be it's not going to be feasible for the league to come back. You know, as it stands, given government guidance, and we live in this mad world where things can change at a drop of a hat, um, that date will be the seventeenth of May. So we don't know what's going to happen. We we just look at it and try and form an opinion. But I think your point about the kind of the loan the kind of loan market because you've seen it in the SP, not to compare to the men's game, but you do see it in the SPFL. You've seen Nathan Austin go from Kelty Hearts to East Fife. Um, and although obviously it's slightly different than the women's game because not a lot of people are actually under con- under contract as such, um, it's it's definitely something that could be looked at being done. But I mean, I think we both want SWPL to to be back, but it has to be done obviously in the right way for everything that, that's involved in terms of the the global situation, health, being able to get it done properly, the whole shebang. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough situation, obviously, and you're not really sure um, what the best way to work it is. Like you say, when there's there's no contracts, it, it makes it tougher. I mean, these players could feasibly go and play an SWPL1 and then decide that I want to move back to my SWPL2 side. So it's it's tough to work, but it, if it ends up being the case that, that we see them not coming back, that some of the SWPL2 sides will they'll suffer themselves. And it's always been a league that we're famed for being very competitive and you hope that that doesn't disappear with players disappearing up to into the top flight. So hopefully it's it's not a thing that um, negatively impacts on the second tier. Yeah, hopefully not. And of course, the other thing that was due to happen was the expansion of SWPL1 with the two sides going up. So 
there's still some questions to be resolved in that respect, but we will see what happens with it. But let's focus to this Sunday when we do have games, we have things we can talk about. Um, I think we are both, well, you're definitely heading to K Park for Glasgow City against Celtic, is that right? Yeah, you can hear nods. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I am uh, heading to arrive for Hartree Rangers, and if time allows, then I'll maybe join join Campbell at K Park, um, provided obviously all the usual checks that are done correctly. But uh, I am really looking forward to SWPL and being back. It has been a while since I've been in a football ground, and uh, it'll just be nice. And I, I hope anybody that's watching the game is at home um, really enjoys it too. I, I know that Campbell, you're looking forward to to being back as well. It'll be good to get back to what should be an entertaining second and third bit of the season. That's who knows what part we're at now, but it'll be an interesting end to the season, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, if we want to get hyped up for that season, go back and listen to the podcast we've done. We've covered it with every single team. We've taken the players' voices to kind of tell their story. So please go and listen to them. Um, and also follow our channels. You'll see some more information about the season in terms of who's goal scoring, how the season panned out, and some more details about the TV deal as well. So Keep a wee eye on that. But for now, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we will speak again soon.